0: Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran.
1: And welcome to Modern Widow Podcast. Fran, episode five.
0: Aren't Hi. you excited? I am. I was, I was almost trying to find something that, like for a number five anniversary or something.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, I couldn't find anything. Episode five and episode six will be about grief counseling. Grief Counseling, A Personal Decision, and we do have a very special guest with us today and will be with us next week. But before we go and talk about grief counseling, how was your weekend? It
0: was very cold. I'm preparing to go away again someplace warmer. I was captive inside, so thank goodness for movies and TV. Uh, I watched a couple of really good movies. There was one called Don't Pass Me By. It's four vignettes. Very good. An older one called Griffin and Phoenix with Amanda Peet and Dermot Mulroney. And then I started watching a, a series called Imposters, which is very good. It's humorous in spots, but it also gets kind of dark. So again, thank goodness
1: for TV and movies. How about you? I was a TV watcher this weekend too with Netflix. I'm going to do full disclosure right now. I never recommend anything to anyone. I don't recommend movies. I don't recommend restaurants. I don't recommend music because nobody ever seems to like my taste. That yeah. Yes. That being said, (laughs) I am going to highly recommend the following. (laughs) Okay. This is a documentary on Netflix. I watched it twice this last weekend and it is called My Octopus Teacher. The synopsis is, a male filmmaker has a symbiotic relationship, female, common octopus. And it is a great story. There's a plot. There's a setting. There's an antagonist. And I highly recommend My Octopus Teacher on Netflix. And we'll We'll share...
0: Oops, I'm sorry, oh. but I, I just wanted to let you know, I have seen that. And oh, really? I really? I, I concur. It was one of the best movies I've ever watched.
1: Yes. For a documentary, the cinematography is spectacular. I have a saying that I choose to look at every once in a while. And the saying is this, those that teach us the most about humanity aren't always human. And you will get that when you watch My Octopus Teacher. Wonderful documentary on Netflix. I highly recommend it. I agree. And for our audience, if you watch My Octopus Teacher and you would love to write comments, all I'm going to ask is please be kind. (laughs) Because, you know, nobody ever likes my recommendations. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I cannot imagine that someone will watch that movie. And I, I, I was on the edge of my seat sometimes. I was crying sometimes. I My heart was full sometimes. Um, I just thought it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And octopus are interesting. They're very, yes.
1: yes. Well, with that, Fran... Uh, Would you like to introduce our very special guest?
0: I would like to introduce um, a mutual acquaintance of Sherry and mine. Our history goes way back. Her name is Anne Marie. She is going to talk about grief counseling. Uh, She's going to tell what her background is, she does have a background in, in grief counseling. She's going to take us through some of what she has to offer to grieving clients who who may come to her for education, for help. But we titled this as being a personal choice because Sherry chose to go to a grief counselor. I did not. Sherry, why why don't you tell a little bit about why you chose to go to a grief counselor. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about your experience.
1: Sure. Well, my husband passed away suddenly and unexpectedly and not that other types of death are any easier, but I was just coming off of three weeks. My, my mother had passed away just three weeks before my husband after he passed away. So unexpectedly I cried every single day and I don't cry easily and it wasn't just the first month it wasn't the second month I cried every single day for at least six months and at first I thought oh I can handle this I know that at some point this was going to end well it did not end and so I was becoming reclusive. I didn't want to see people because I would start to cry. They would bring up my husband and I would start to cry when I talked about him and then they would feel bad. And I would say, no, 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 don't feel bad. I cry every single day. I stopped going to a lot of the charitable organizations that I belong to because people would come up to me, ask me how I'm doing. And I would just start to cry. And besides me feeling bad, I felt like I was making everybody else in the room feel bad. So after about six months, I decided I have to see somebody. This is not going away. And I can't live like this. I need to talk to someone. So at that point, I did make an appointment and I still see my grief counselor. Now, in the beginning, of course, I saw him every week and then after a while it became every two weeks and then I was checking in once a month but I still it's been three and a half years I still see him and connect with him periodically
0: so can I can I ask you what what had you hoped to get out of going to talk to someone and do you think that do you think that happened do you think you got or, or accomplished what you started going for.
1: I do. I started going because when you're grieving, you are in so much pain and despair. Sometimes you don't even know where to turn. You walk in and you just start crying. After a while, the crying slows down. We talk not only about my husband, but about my future and how I'm doing. And then slowly, but surely I could start to talk about my husband and have wonderful, not that I didn't have wonderful memories, but I could talk about him without crying. And that Mm -hmm. to me was a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And that took over two years. I would say Mm -hmm. just within the last year and maybe within the last six months, I can talk about all the fun times we had and feel good about it. You know, we had a wonderful marriage. We had a wonderful life. And it feels good again to be able to talk about him. So I would say that he more than accomplished the goal of getting me past that despair that I had.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good term, despair.
1: And how about you, Fran? How did you handle your grief? Well,
0: you know, I... I didn't have a long time with my husband once he was diagnosed. Um, it was only six weeks, but it was nothing like yours. Yours was traumatic. Um, and I i know I am a strong woman, but I'm not sure if I would have made it through your experience without help. I I said, I I know I'm strong, but yours was so traumatic. I just, I don't, I still don't understand how you got through it. And I admire you so much. You know, I knew from adversity in my past, what had worked. And I had to kind of try, I had to, I had to trust that I knew uh, this time what, what would work that I would, that I would somehow find a way I didn't want to go to someone else because I knew that the person who knows me the best is me. And I knew what experiences I had just gone through. And yes, I was reliving them every single day. I just had to trust that once again, I would find uh, a way to get through it. And I did. Uh, It's going on five years. I think I've come through it fine. Like I said, I still have meltdowns once in a while, but just like you share, I I can talk. I find it humorous to tell funny stories about my husband now, his his little quirks. Um, it, it helps
1: a lot. Yes, it does. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think um, we're going to bring in our special guest. Again, her name is Anne Marie. We're hoping that technology allows us to do this relatively smoothly. She is a mutual acquaintance. She's she's just a wonderful person. And Anne-Marie, we would like you to start by just giving us a little bit of background about yourself. tell you
2: about me. Yeah. I started um, being connected with hospice about 20 years ago. And um, at that time, I was facilitating grief support groups. I had to go back to school to get my master's degree in social work to do grief counseling. Uh, which is, which I did 11 years ago. So I've been, I've been, um, I got involved with, hospice about 20 years ago. At that time, I was facilitating grief support groups. Um, But in order to do what I'm doing now, I had to go back to school and get a master's degree in social work. I was doing the other work at a bachelor's level. So um, I went to Western and got a master's degree in social work, which makes me a licensed clinical social worker now. And I have been doing grief counseling along with the groups and other things for Spectrum Health Hospice for the past 11 years. So that's my background.
1: Oh. Wow. Yeah. When, tell us about when people come mm-hmm. to you and, and the very first time you meet someone who is grieving and who has an enormous loss in mm-hmm. their life because everybody
2: is unique. Absolutely. Um, Everybody is different. Everyone comes for different reasons. Sometimes people want to know that what they're going through is normal. Um, Sometimes they've read something that doesn't apply to them, and they want to come and talk about that. Um, And typically, my answer is, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do this. We all have different Grief reactions based on a, a multitude of variables, right? You know, what What was the relationship like? What was the level of attachment? Um, what was your experience going through the disease process, the death event, all of those things? Um, and we bring ourselves to our grieving process as well. You know, where are you? Um, in life when this happens to you, what other stressors are going on. So all of those things come into play. And any one of those things will will come up, you know, the first time someone comes in. Um, But typically, Sherry, a lot of times, it's kind of like what you described, you know, Mm -hmm. My life just hit a wall. It affects so many areas: our, our self-concept, it, it, our ability to think, our ability to to function. You know, grief will impact us physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Um, so, a lot of what happens in that first session depends on what's happening with with that individual and their unique loss. Um, you know, I've, I've had people come in one time and, and talk about um, what this is like for them. Is it normal? Am I on the right track? Um, and feel satisfied that they're going to be okay. And, and I've had people kind of like you described. I remember somebody that came in four weeks in a row and, and pretty much sat in the crack for four weeks before they were able to start telling their story. So, you know, grief needs to be witnessed, and that's that's a lot of what happens. Is that we're witnessing what's going on?
0: One and one of the things that you just mentioned, as far as you're still trying to, the caregiver is still trying to process that caregiving experience. Mm-hmm. If there was a, a prolonged um, disease or uh, you know pain, pain and suffering leading up to you know their their actual death and and everybody's story is different in mm-hmm. that sense. But you have to start by by accepting um, the reality that that it, it's permanent. That you have to accept that that loss. And like Sherry said, that can take such a long time, if that's not forever. forever. That's absolutely right.
1: You know that's a very good point because. I really believe it took me until the second anniversary Mm -hmm. of his death that I finally realized my husband is not coming back. Right. I said this in a previous episode, you know, the first anniversary, the first anniversaries of any anniversary, the first Christmas after the first Easter after, but the first anniversary of the death is so mm-hmm. painful, yeah. And the second anniversary, I remember it was just so yeah. sad. Right. Well, one of
0: one of the things I try to uh, express to people is that this whole death and grieving process—it's—it's it's not like a movie. There was a passage that I, I or it may have been an article that I that I got out called um all the things we left behind uh we did not have a hallmark ending we did not have afternoons sitting in the sun talking about what uh, what all how lucky we were to have found each other and the life we had and we spent all ta- our time trying to fix things and we never had that moment to say to each other i am so glad i had you in my life i love you so much and you know before we knew it um he was gone and that describes it so well all the things we left unsaid
1: you're so right fran and that's why during our love story episode you know we we said at that time please talk about your love story with each other mm-hmm. yes because you never know right right when you won't be able to talk about it right and and then just the
0: the sheer weight of trying to figure out what what do I do now? Um, how do I how do I redefine my life now? I know that I used to tell people I don't I don't know how to be without him, and that's how they were interpreting it. I don't know how to mm-hmm. be without him, but what I was saying was I don't know how to be. Without him, I didn't exactly. know who I was. I didn't know how to go on. I didn't know how to be in this world without him.
1: Right, because you had been married and a couple for 30-some sure. years. Sure. 38. Sure. And and then it's gone. And then it's gone. And everything in your life has to, well, it doesn't have to change, but it does change. Mm-hmm. That's It changes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Immediately, sure. So it's not like a slow process; it changes immediately. immediately. Yes,
2: yeah. One of the things that we always say when you lose your spouse is that your every waking moment has now changed.
1: Yes. So, Anne Marie, uh, could you tell our audience what type of support mm-hmm. is out there for grieving people? And it's not only, you know, even though we are talking about mm-hmm. the loss of a spouse. There's the loss Absolutely. of a child, the loss mm-hmm. of a father or a mother, grandparents. So could you give us some insight on all the different types of mm-hmm. options? Um, well, you
2: know, a lot of it depends on your area where, where you live and what resources are available to you. Compassionate Friends is an organization that specializes in the loss of a child. Suicide Survivors is another great group for Folks who have lost somebody to suicide. So, you know, you would have to Google to see what's in your area, but there is potentially a lot of different support out there. Um, local hospices, um, according to our conditions of participation, are supposed to serve the community, um, and that can take on some various different forms. Um, we always let anybody come to our grief support group, whether they have used our hospice or not. There is the possibility of grief counseling, depending on whether there's room for that. Um, and everybody uh, can receive our mailings that address the uh, grieving process. Other hospices should follow suit along that way as well. But um, church groups, uh, there's a program called Grief Share that several churches um, have purchased and that's support group program where folks go and watch a video and then afterwards break up in small groups and discuss the, the video. I've gotten great feedback on that program. Um, obviously it has to you know it, it would appeal to somebody who is comfortable with a faith-based program. Pastoral support. There's, uh, there are ministers that are are really good at providing grief support as well. Um, there's Gilda's Club. Um, I'm I looked them up in Michigan. I know we have a Gilda's Club in Grand Rapids. There's one in Royal Oak. Um, they provide grief support groups as well. If somebody is looking for counseling, the Psychology Today has a, a therapist finder. Um, Piece to their website. And what I like about them is that it identifies therapists based on their scope of practice, because um, there are a lot of wonderful people out there, they may not necessarily specialize in in grief loss and adjustments. So you do want to know if you seek somebody out that,
0: that that's their expertise. Are there things that you can't do that you can't recommend or that you can't offer
2: you mean what's outside of my scope of practice is that what you're asking what
0: <laughs> right, right right well you talked about like mm-hmm. you know right, depression right. And, and like because
2: areas that, it, mm-hmm. that a wouldn't lot of times you know grief can turn that well let me backtrack a little bit because there are symptoms of grieving that are, are very similar to symptoms of depression, symptoms of anxiety, that all kind of goes along with the territory. But um, if I'm so, uh, noticing that somebody is clinically depressed, if I assess them for that, then, then we're talking about a referral. Um, and that just might be a referral to your primary care physician for medication. Or um, it might be a referral to a therapist who specializes in treating depression. And the same goes with anxiety or, um, you know, any other clinical disorder. I hate to use that word. But um, but mm-hmm. yeah, if, if there are other things going on that are not under the umbrella of grief, loss, and adjustment, then I... I'll tell someone, you know, that this is what I'm seeing. Um, And and it's always collaborative, right? I, I never set myself up to to be the one that tells, right, we talk about this together, does this make sense to you? Does this feel that way to you? Okay, well, you know, since we're both kind of looking at it that way, let's talk about finding somebody who specializes in that because I'm not the best person for you, you know, for that. But I will continue to see somebody for grief counseling as well. If if they're seeing a therapist for other reasons, they, they're still welcome to continue with me if they choose to do so. Um, we don't get into family therapy issues. Uh, having said that, though, um, I will meet with families around their grieving process you know sometimes they're they need a little bit of help to communicate with each other about what's going on with them in terms of where they are with their grief and what this loss is like to them so um, i will meet with families to facilitate that but um, if there are long-standing family issues um, then i'll refer for that as well
0: so well, this has been a lot of excellent information. Uh, it's just I, I'm I'm so glad that you were able to you know make time to to sit with us and and go through this. Um, it was just a lot of really good information.
1: Yes, and we hope that you will be back next week, and we will have some more questions for you. <laughs> Certainly. Emery.
0: <laughs> and thank you oh, so
1: much. Thank
2: you for having me. It's my pleasure.
1: Okay. I hope thank to see you next week. And this week we got some comments from our audience. We received an email from Terry from Bear Lake, Michigan. Enjoyed your podcast. Your ATM story was cute and identifiable. I have never deposited money either and didn't trust sticking money in a machine. A tip for you, I had a lady on my phone walk me through it. Next time, call your bank lady instead of walking back and forth. Much easier and not as obvious to all the people ticked off behind you. If you can do a podcast, you can do anything. Love it. Have a good week. Each day is an adventure. Terry, thank you so much for writing to us. Well, Brian, do you have any emails? Well, Terry's suggestion was, um, we're
0: excellent. Yes. And and yes.
1: Sherry will always have adventures to share. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do that. You know, there's a few things I never think about. One <laughs> is calling somebody up when I'm right there. You know, oh. I can walk back and forth and talk to them. And right. number two, I never take a picture. Oh. You know, people get their cameras out and take a picture. And I never think of that. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't think oh. of that. Oh, well, anyway, Fran, oh. do you have any emails from people?
0: Uh, I, I do. Uh, we got an email from Sandy. Um, she said, excellent episode, ladies. Jeff's story was another heartbreaking one. So sad to hear, but powerful in its raw emotion. I hope that widows and widowers are finding your podcasts. There's healing to be found from your experiences. Both of you are really doing a terrific job of keeping things entertaining while still sharing a message that can help those who really need to hear it. So, yes, thank you so much, Sandy. You're, you're, you're right. We're, we we hope to be reaching people that might need what we have to say.
1: Thank you. Well, Fran, yes? it's time to start wrapping up our show for this week so we want to thank our ep for her expert advice and her critiques of our show many thanks to park north studios for mixing our audio and we can't thank Anne marie enough for making this episode so special and of course you our listeners thank you for tuning in every week if you would like to write a comment, our email is modern.whittle.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's modern.whittle.podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our podcast on the following apps. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Google Podcast. I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. So,
0: till next time, remember the road forward will always be under construction. So, watch out for potholes. See ya. Bye bye. When you're weary,
2: feeling small.